This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I'm Mike Scott, in yet again to cover Terence, who's taking a record third week off to sort his life out. Joining me as ever though, Heskiff and Albert, along with producer Mikey, and we'll be looking ahead to the visit of those noisy neighbours, Brighton. So join us after this. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast, www.backofthenest.com. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about anything political. Uh, we're going to go straight into the fact that it's the big one on Monday. Um, and who better to talk you through it than probably the wisest soul that uh, Back of the Nest has to offer, Sam Heskiff. Oh, uh, I was hoping that would be me. I was hoping that would be me. Uh, how are you? I... Um, we're not talking about politics, so uh, let's say I'm all right. Well, I mean, it, it's probably going to affect your mood, so you can if you want. But it depends. You know, there'll probably be people that, if you start going about your political views, will will think you're a twat. So that's um, fine. It's um, to you. I think the the number of people who think I'm a twat is already quite large, so I don't mind adding a few. Uh, it hasn't helped my mood. Let's put it that way. Coupled with the fact that I took a day of leave today because we were supposed to have loads of deliveries come at home. And it went from having a window between 7 and 11 in the morning to to being a window that said, we'll be there before 9pm. So that also didn't help my mood. I've got no booze and we're playing Brighton on Monday. So it's about as low as it can get. Okay, so you've ruined beer check already. Great. Uh, Albert, can you uh, give us any more positivity than that? Even if he had booze, he wouldn't drink it. He'd say, oh, I'm on a water. Yeah, true. I was out last night. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's trying to play out, play it out like he's some sort of lad. But the reality is he wouldn't be drinking even if he had it. It's a disgrace. And can we just say, I get a, I get a hard time on this show because I'm always on holiday or something. How many weeks did you say Terence hasn't been here? Three. This is the third. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. We're we're, get, we're yeah, getting on exactly. I mean, at December is Terence free. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, let's, next time he wants to give it some of that, remember this. I'm sorry, I'm angry. It's the end of the week. We won't talk about last night. Um, and I'm, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm lashing out because a bit like Hesk, if I'm concerned for Monday. Okay. Yeah. I would like to just jump in though. Not that I want to defend Terence or anything, but he did announce, not in a press conference, but on his social media, that he's having a little girl on the 29th, or his wife is. He's not. So I would say congratulations to them and their incoming little girl. On the 29th? Of April, sorry. Oh, I, don't not say that. I definitely well, haven't you, been drinking, I promise. You just said the 29th. Well, that's accurate. I just didn't say the month. That's fair enough. Uh, congratulations, Terence. And Linda, who's, let's face it, doing all the work. Doing all the work, yeah. Yeah, c- congratulations. We do need some extra people on the pod, so um, let's get them talking nice and quick. As you said, it was a girl. I did. Yeah, congratulations. Excellent news. Um, let's uh, let's get to the beer check, knowing that it'll just be me and Albert then, shall we? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, I uh, am very lucky. I, I've brought my daughter to uh, to my dad's flat, um, and down the road is a Turkish shop um, selling efes in a can. So, um, one of my favourite pilsners, absolutely loving it right now. Um, I think it's basically just the same as normal lager, but they pour a load of sugar in it. Um, yeah, apps. I'm very happy. The little things please me. It's made up for um, certain results in the last few uh the last few days uh what, are you drinking something just as exciting albert now you know i just gave hesky for a crap for saying he normally not drinking beer well I, I think i'm all right i'm not i'm not drinking beer i'm i'm drinking but it's a it's a glass of wine is that oh, allowed that's classy that's, that's classing the joint up well it's, it's i mean we normally do it on a thursday don't we the, the pod so that that is definitely a beer day friday night though i've got the slippers on and uh Fat glass of wine. So cheers. Okay. Well, red, white. I don't, I don't know anything about wine. Uh, it's it's a it's a white. Um, I was lucky to get some. To be honest, the wife the wife has been on it a few hours before I got home. So I, I think I got what is commonly known as the dregs. Um, but it's good. It's you know I, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about wine. It's nice. It's cold. It's refreshing. It's got booze. It's all there was. It's all you need. So you need. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, in that case, that I mean, that probably gives us 
enough alcohol to discuss uh, a, a terrifying thought. Um, Monday's Monday's game where Brighton come to visit. Um, it's probably terrifying because of last season. Um, before we get into that, let's let's just go over the news. I mean, politics has taken over everything this week, but there has been a little bit of football news. Um, Brandon Perwick, fresh off his um, his hat trick against Millwall the other week for the under twenty threes, got himself a professional contract. Um, so, uh, is it that we're more excited about this than general general professional contract offers are? Just because we really need a striker, or is it looking like this kid could really be something special? Let's give. I think we're excited for a combination of those things. He, from what I've seen of him, he's looked very good. And considering he's um, one of the younger players, I think playing for the the under twenty threes, you know, he's done well. Even if his goal return hasn't been, you know, like two goals every game, like you you would want from a youth player. Um, but he scored that hat trick against Mill, which is great. Uh, I watched the highlights of the FA Youth Cup game that we recently played, we beat Reading 4-2 uh, and he looked very good in that game, um, which is which is very promising. And I watched an interview with him on the website where he was saying he was born in Brixton, he's lived in Fortin Heath and he lives in West Norwood. Uh, he's a local boy, he's been at the club since he was like eight or nine. Uh, and he speaks French, which is great for me because it ticks all the boxes. So I think, yeah, obviously... The sort of it's always attacking players that people get excited about, especially young players. Um, tempered a bit recently by us having a really good youth defender come through in Bissaka, Wan Bissaka. Um, but I just think, yeah, he it is a position we're obviously light in, and he does look he does look pretty exciting. So um, I think if we can get him out on loan, maybe for the second half of the season, we can really see what he's all about. Yeah, and he's only just turned eighteen, so you know to be doing well in the under twenty threes. When he could be playing for the under 18s, um, and there's, you know, a big old age uh, age gap between probably the, the older players in the side and him. Um, there's probably a fair bit more growing up to do. So um, exciting stuff. Uh, and you're right, he's, he's been in the t- um, Palace setup since the under nines. Um, he seems very excited. Describes himself as a direct, quick, and powerful forward. Would you say that's exactly what we need, Albert? I mean, anyone who gets a gets a hat-trick against Millwall at any level is, you know, all, all, already got sort of one foot in Palace legend status. So let's hope he, uh, he can get into the first team and do something similar. But yeah, it sounds, again, I can't I can't proclaim to know a huge amount about him. Um, but, you know, we we certainly want to see more youth youth players coming through the ranks and, and breaking into the first team. Um, so let's hope he follows in the steps of Wan-Bissaka but maybe potentially sticks around a bit longer. So you're already putting him down as possibly legend status. So jinxing him at a very, very early stage. Excellent to see. Yeah, he's, he's now going to suffer some horrific injury now. I've said that, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to be the next uh, Jonathan Benteco. Um, so let's let's just go on to rumours. It's getting to silly season. Obviously, it's not too long before the window opens. Um, not going to touch on the Wilf rumours too much other than it seems as though Chelsea's still uh, the big rumour um, and people just keep repeating the same stuff on the back of very little evidence. Either of you gents have any strong opinions either way? Are you just sort of closing your ears off until um, the end of January comes and goes and he stays with us? Yeah, I think the Chelsea one, 
I'm sure some of the reason is that they're one of the few teams who've got the sort of money and are willing to spend the sort of money that we are demanding for Wilf. So I'm sure there's probably some interest there, especially now their ban's been lifted. But yeah, it might just be sort of journalists putting things together and, and not really having much of a you know kernel of truth in it. I think we, we, we talked about this loads, like you say, so we don't need to cover our ground. We, like we, It's inevitable that Will's going to go. And I think if he wants to play the Champions League, you know, Chelsea pretty much guaranteed Champions League every year. He won't have to move, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's just going to be another one of those windows when we're hoping for the best. Um, I'd like to think he'll stay until the end of the season, but we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. don't know how much it's, it's tied in with it, but... Um, you know, rumours of us being in for Dwight McNeil, the winger from Burnley, as a possible replacement for him. Um, sounds like he's, he's wanted by some bigger clubs than ourselves, um, not least Spurs. So, you know, do, do you think um, that rumour, Albert, comes from perhaps rumours about Zaha and it's just lazy journalism? Or have you heard anything else about there being some truth in it? He certainly seems like a decent player and £20 million seems the sort of money that maybe Palace do have knocking around. Um, and certainly a winger's needed, albeit probably less than a right-back and a left-back are needed right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Dwight, he's a, he's a player that I like. Um whether whether a club like Spurs would indeed come in and try and sort of poach him from under our noses. I mean, Spurs seem quite well covered in that position. You know, they've got I know he sort of tends to play a bit more fullback, but you know, Ryan Sessignon's only just got into the Spurs team and he's sort of a, a wide attacking player. So I mean, whether whether we'd want to be signing him I I, I, listen, I don't think any big moves gonna happen in January. I, I certainly don't think if if Will's gonna go I don't think that would happen in January. People don't tend to make marquee signings at that time of year, and they wait till the summer. Um, so that's that's how I'd expect a- any any transfer for Wilf to to pan out. If it's going to happen, it'll be the summer. And if it's eighty million to Chelsea, then you know, good luck to him. At the moment, it's quite a rare moment in time where I'm not going to say they're likable, but I don't find Chelsea particularly detestable at the moment. You know, I think Frank what Frank Lampard's doing there albeit under imposed sort of circumstances up until recently. You know, it's quite nice to see him sort of, you know, blooding these youngsters and, you know, they seem to play good football. So um, if Wilf goes there and ends up being sort of the new, maybe in the sort of hazard, sort of talismanic position, then I think it's a good move for him as much as I'd, I'd be upset. Um, having said that, you know, if 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 we did go and we've got 80 million for him, I think there's definitely worse signings we could make than buying Dwight McNeil for 20, 20 of that. Well, I mean, there's rumours about Giroud as well not going away. They're still coming again. Could be lazy journalism. There's also rumours about it being three million. So the maths don't seem to work out there because that would mean seventy-seven million in Giroud, which is um, which is an odd one. Um, other than that, have you as of any other transfer rumours sort of got made you made you guys? Uh, Look, look twice. Morales is still a rumor that's going around. Um, he's had a he's had a bad week, um, missing the penalty uh, against Celtic in the final of the uh, of the League Cup up in Scotland. Um, anyone else took your fancy, or are you just sort of seeing how it goes, wait until January, and then you know, not getting too too excited or too worried either way. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't looked at any transfer rumours um, 
because you know it's only the middle of December, um, so the window's not open yet. And let's face it, we don't do any uh, any business till quite late. So I'll probably take a look at the transfer rumours on like the thirtieth of January and see where we're at. Very wise, very wise. Yeah, I think at this stage as well, going by the way our squad's dropping like flies, I think we need to wait and see how many players that we have a fit because we might need to buy a whole new 11 um, by the time January the 1st comes round. Oh, imagine imagine a world without IU being fit. That would just be, that'd be hard. And, and another player that I'd be very sad to miss out on, Guaita. Um and I was given a proper lesson in how to pronounce his name by a couple of people, but I'm, I've probably still got it wrong. Goiter, Goiter, Bicente Goiter, um, was in the fantasy um, Premier League team of the week, uh, which I would say is, is more impressive than the actual um, Premier League team of the week. So he got more points for people than any other keeper last week. So that is pretty damn good work. Congratulations to the Spaniard himself. Did, were either of you um, have him in your fantasy team? I don't do fantasy football, um, but I probably wouldn't have had him in my team because I feel like I'd be a massive jinx if I put Palace players in my team. Yeah, yeah, you, you probably would be. I, I don't do it simply because after about the second week, I just forget. I can keep up with Super 6 because I know it might win me some money, but... Um, yeah, and plus I've got an ongoing bet with a couple of mates that whoever gets the highest amount of points at the end of the season gets bought a curry by the other two. So, you know, other than that, nothing worth playing for. Okay, after this then, we'll uh, we'll get into looking at uh, Monday night's supposed, as the media call it, M23 derby, which is a sickening title. Okay, so if we must, um, let's try and remember what happened at home last season. So, I'll take you back. Uh, I looked it up the 9th of March this year. Um, it was 1-0 at half-time. So, uh, what are your memories of the second half? I try not to think about those games. To be honest, that my overriding memory of last season's games against Brighton is Knockhart's winner at Selhurst. Yep. Because I hate him. I really hate him. I think he's a scummy little rat. And annoyingly, it was a good goal, which probably makes it worse than if it was like bundled in or just a normal goal, you know. And like the, that's my overriding memory, and it just the disappointment that I had over both games, really, of how we played, because we didn't really turn up for either of them. You know, there was no... I think the criticism that a lot of people had was there was no real fight in those games. Um, obviously, the game at the at the Amex was, uh, you know, terrible. 3-0 down when they'd had a man sent off. It was unforgivable, really. And, and to make it worse, I was like row three... And was in direct, uh, the direct eye line of Lewis Dunk celebrating when they scored. So that was annoying. Um, but yeah, it was it was more that we just didn't really seem to be up for the game. Um, we didn't we didn't play anywhere near as well as we can. 
Um, and that was when Brighton were pretty shit, really. So there was no excuse for us not to get to get any points, let alone, you know, get sort of comfortably beaten in both games. Oh, this is hurting me to hear. This is really hurting me to hear. How oh, about what are your memories? Uh, I remember being just thoroughly depressed throughout the entire fixture. Um, you know, Anthony Knockhart probably should have been sent off after what, when was that awful challenge on Luca? About five minutes in? Oh, it was less, less than, than that, I think. It was, it was about 90 seconds from what I remember. I and um, I mean, that just set, I think that just set the tone. I don't know if that, I don't know if that put our tails between our legs, metaphorically speaking. Um, but we just seemed to get, you know, they, they had no real quality it, and it was, a, you know, it was a pretty terrible game all round, but they definitely put in more of an effort than we did um, and just seemed to, you know, and, and a lot of people tell you, oh, you know, you don't, you know, you don't, don't rise up for a, for a derby like that. Don't get wound up. Don't get too emotional. But I think we went too far the other way, to be honest. We just seemed to treat it as another game. Um, and I don't think, didn't Brighton go on like a miserable run either side of that? And it was like, that was their only win for a, in about, in about 10 or so games, I seem to recall. Um, they they, and we they were up. absolute toss for about the last three months of the season, yeah. I, Dire, weren't they? That, that, they just pulled pulled out a performance for that game and that was it. Um, and then we followed it up with the uh, the loss at Vicarage Road in the Cup, which again, Cup quarterfinal, you're looking against a team that, we, you know, we don't call them a rival, but a team where there's a bit of history with and a bit of grief Um and it was just two very abject, almost sort of spineless performances. Um, and, you know, you don't, I, I say you don't mind losing to a rival. I mean, we all do, but you want it to be, you know, you want to, you want to come out of there knowing that you gave it your best. And, you know, you want 11 men limping off the pitch, you know, having, having really put themselves through it. Um, and then you can kind of at least claim to be, you know, beaten by a slightly better side, which could happen on Monday, but. I don't want to see us turn up and tr- and just treat it as another league game because it's not. And we did that twice last season against Brighton, and you know we've we've been through the results and and what was good and what was bad, and there was pretty much nothing good about it. So we really need to make amends. And you know I don't like I say I don't I don't want us to go flying in, get carried away, start putting two feet through people like Knockout did to to Luca last season. But you want to you want to see some bite. And you want to see some passion, um, you know. Hopefully, some, you know, Wilf has a quality game and and does what he's normally done against Brighton in the past. So, um, fingers crossed for Mondays. I'm apprehens- apprehensive about it, but you know, I'd like to think that Roy and the team have learned from last season. Both of you sound thoroughly miserable. I feel like if we have got on uh, Tom Brake, the the Liberal Democrat MP who just lost his seat in Carshalton and. And Wellington after 22 years, um, he wouldn't have been any more miserable than either of you two are reminiscing about last season against uh, against Brighton. So cheers for that. Yeah, you've cheered everyone up. Not to make uh, matters any worse, but they announced the referee and the VAR referee for the game. Um, referee is Craig Pawson, which is terrible because he's terrible. Uh, and by all accounts, we have a, a very bad record under him and Brighton have a very good record from what I read. And the VAR um, official is Martin Atkinson, who 
delivered one of the most awful refereeing performances I've seen in a long time um, at Vicarage Road. I thought he was absolutely awful. So I think we're nailed on for Wilf to get clattered by Lewis Dunk, get a penalty, and then Atkinson to rule it out uh, and probably send Wilf off for cheating. You're probably not. It's not the greatest stretch of the imagination there. I mean, the uh, you know go, going back a few weeks before the Watford game, you know Martin Atkinson having to sort of have a big old slice of humble pie after booking Will for diving and do the reverse yellow card, which is a gesture I always like to see in football. Um, I can imagine that's probably stuck in his craw a little bit, and what little hope, <laughs> what little hope of getting a bit of favourability off a referee that we might have had, it's probably evaporated and it's a terrible combination of officiating. Um, they seem to have picked two of the referees that despise us the most. And the, the review show was getting a reputation for being quite negative um, and now it seems to have uh, to moved into the previous show as well. But oh, Come on, Mike, you give us some positivity. Well, Are you looking forward to it? Positivity then. So... Let's start with some negativity before we get to it. Obviously, PVA is still out. Uh, PVA is possibly out of rumours until Christmas time. And then um, we posted up on Twitter yesterday that we'd heard that Schlupp was out for three months. Uh, I can only imagine what Roy's reaction to that is. He's probably um, dressed all in black today um, with a tear in his eye. Um, and obviously, Wardy's still out. But... Um, there was a discussion in the standard about um, what our back four would be. And for for Gyro to be left back, Tompkins and Cahill in the middle and Kelly on the right, I mean, that's a better back four than we've had for quite a long period of our Premiership time and Premier League time, sorry. Wouldn't wouldn't you say? I mean, to me, Gyro seemed pretty solid. I know there was a couple of times he, he ducked under the ball and stuff, but um, he's, he's played left back for... Um, his previous club Ajax and, and I, I would trust all of that so it's, there's much worse defences in the Premier League than that yeah I think Gyro um, he did better than I thought he would to be honest when he came out <clears throat> second half at Watford I was a bit worried about what was going to happen because I've only seen him I mean the only time I saw him in defence was that bloody Huddersfield game which was shocking um, and I think positionally he was caught out two or three times against Watford, but sort of he, he was himself. definitely he, he, he was. I'm not sure he was caught out mentally um, in terms of being in the wrong position. I, it felt like he was being kind of sloth like and not quite being in the place that he wanted to be. If, if you do, do you agree with that? Or yeah, I do, I do. Um, and I think also, you know, you always want your players to be ready to come on and. and get straight into the action. But obviously he hasn't played for the first team in ages and he certainly hasn't played it as a fullback for us, I remember. Um so, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be a few teething problems, but he was better than I thought he was. I thought he was going to be pretty awful in that position. Um but he got forward to support Wilf well as well, which was good. Um I think he's gonna have to be on it on Monday. I think he's really gonna have to concentrate and you know, make sure that he's on his on his A game because this is not the game for you to come in and have a stinker. Um, I don't think any of us will will enjoy that at all. Um, but yeah, defense. I mean, if we if we can have Tonks, Kelly, and and um, Cahill at the back, that's good. 
Um, I did read somewhere that Cahill was a doubt, but I don't know if that's just scaremongering. Um, and, you know, I think it is lucky that we've got the depth that we do in defence because if we didn't, I think we'd be in a, a hell of a lot of trouble. Um, but, yeah, I think I think having that defence is, is all right. I know Martin Kelly's got some really good stats. Um, I read that uh, with him starting, we've won six of nine. And without him starting, we haven't won a game. So, you know, he's been an important player. And I think he is a lot more appreciated now over the last sort of year and a half or so than he than he ever was before. So we shouldn't be too downheartened. Um, but obviously, you know, it's, it's a sort of fairly makeshift defence, really. Um, so they're going to have to, yeah, they're going to have to concentrate and, and uh, really get on it from the start, I think. I mean, the key with that stat is that that was when Kelly was playing centre-back, not right-back. So, I think it's a slightly different situation. Uh, But, yeah, take it on board. You you trust him. Albert, what do you think? That's actually my concern. You know, I've got no no issues with Martin Kelly whatsoever and he's very reliable. But as you mentioned there, it tends to be when he slots in in the middle. um, He rarely puts a foot wrong in that position, the times where Martin Kelly has had noticeably really shaky games has been times when he's slotted in at the foot in the fullback position. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying there's a better option. I'm not saying I'm singling him out and worried about him. I'm, I'm worried about both fullback positions, to be honest, because um, they're not the most, most gifted going forward. Um, and we need someone, to, you know, we, we all know there's going to be, three, four players all around Will full game, you know, they're gonna just copy and paste what what Watford do. Um maybe not be so unpleasant about it, but you know, Will's gonna get pounced upon and, you know, he he, he needs he needs help and the, the most obvious position to help him is a is a you know a, a fullback pushing forward or overlapping. Um you know and we're not the the two fullbacks that are that are playing you know, just aren't in that mould. You know, we don't have a lot of fullbacks in that mould, to be honest, since Wambasaka left. I know Van Aanholt does his best, but, you know, the, the flip side of that is he often gets caught out of position himself. So that, that that's an area that does concern me. But, you know, Roy has to play the hand that he's been dealt. And, you know, the, the, the positive side of it is that, yeah, as Heskiff said, we have got a, we have got a, we've got numbers along the back line, varying quality and varying sort of differences in ability and, types of defenders but you know if we didn't have the depth that we did you know we'd really we'd really be in trouble you know in the sort of over the Christmas period where the games come thick and fast you know we we, we need we need Van Arnhout or Ward or someone to come back as soon as possible just to alleviate that bit of pressure well what I heard today was um, PVA will be back around Christmas time so you know could be the West Ham game um, having said that we, it's not like we haven't talked about his uh, defensive issues in the past. It could turn out that Gyro is the new Wambasaka. You never know. I also saw actually they posted up the pictures of the training, um, the the official club Twitter, and it's good to see Mitchell was training with them. The the young left back who uh, played some first team minutes in pre season in Switzerland and looked very good. Um, you know, normally you would say it's a very tough position to chuck a youngster in. At, at, in defence, but we did it with Wambasako, and he played against like Man U, Tottenham, and Liverpool, or something in his first three games. So 
you never know if if needs be, it might be that we have the next one Basaka coming through sooner than we thought. I, I mean, that would be to me being he- incredibly harsh on Jairo in that he has played left back for Ajax. Um, you know, he's been sitting patiently waiting for his chance all this time. Um, I think it, I think he's probably the next in line, but. Fair enough. Yes, I do remember those games. Mitchell played a couple and he did well. Um, and I'm sure he'll get his chance maybe against Derby if Schlupp's not back and PVO needs a rest. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't honestly see Brighton doing too much down the flanks. I think there'll be scarier teams than them, so it's probably not the worst time to have left and right back problems. Um but then again, you know, they've scored plenty of goals. Um, looking back at their recent results, um, if we talk about the last six, they beat Norwich at home, lost to United, lost to Leicester, lost to Liverpool, beat Arsenal, um, and then drew with Wolves. And, and none of that is, some of it's great and, and none of it's uh, shameful. Certainly not losing to United, Liverpool or Leicester. So, um it's hard to say what kind of form they're in because they played some really decent teams, the same as us, but getting a two-all draw with Wolves, especially um, after going down 1-0, that's, uh, it's, not to be, it's not to be sniffed at. Um, is, this the, uh, is this the famed Potter ball? Um, I, to be honest, I, I've only seen a, a couple of Brighton matches because I, ha- I hate watching them when they're on TV because I don't want to see them win. That will ruin my evening. Um, but I did watch a bit of the Wolves game and they looked all right. They had patches where they knocked the ball around pretty nicely. Um, but they also had patches where their defence looked not great. Um, and, you know, we, we say this time and again, we're fine with teams coming and having possession against us because when you give Palace the ball, we don't really know what to do with it if we have too much time on the ball, if we have too much possession. So them having more possession-based game doesn't bother me at all. Um, but, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of accolades um, and a lot of people are saying that, you know, Potter's got them playing great and what a great team they are and how well they're doing this season. But they're still below us, you know. Um, 16 games in, I think we've got behind us both teams and they're still below us. So for all of the plaudits they're getting... You know, I think it should be tempered a little bit because, you know, they're bottom half of the table. So I don't want to tempt fate, and we'll get onto that when we go for the score predictions. But um, I uh, I think we should wait and see with this potable malarkey. I mean, I can kind of see where it's coming from because the form they were in um, for the first or the majority of the first six, seven months of the year was, was proper um, bottom of the relegation zone form. So... He's turned that round to an extent, but you're right. There's still three points behind us. They would actually, if they won by a goal, they'd go above us on one goal, goal difference. But um, if we were to beat them, you're talking about them being six points behind. Um, and there's there's teams above them, much more natively put, putting on great seasons, not, not least Sheffield United. Um, and they're only four points above the drop zone. So um, it's such a... Um, a sort of truncated Premier League this season. It's hard to tell where anyone is at this point, I think. Um, other than Brighton probably are doing slightly better than the majority of people, sadly, including myself, um, predicted. But but at this at this point, I have to interject, wasn't it? Was it this week or last week? 
that it got announced that they've got the second largest debt in the league, something to the tune of two, just over 200 and something, 200 million quid. So, you know, they have this kind of plucky upstart, a bit like Bournemouth, you know, a few years ago, this sort of plucky upstart, you know, image. You know, but the fact is they're 200 million quid in debt. So uh, it's not quite Roy the Rovers stuff, is it? I feel like that comes in waves. I, I mean, this is what their, is it their third or fourth season? Um, you know, it, it was only, it was two, I think it was 2017 when our, when our, um, our budget stuff came out, and and it was the the seventy eight percent of our income was spent on wages. Well, I I think you have to spike like that before you you come back down to earth, which is what we're doing now. And and you know a couple of years of signing um, free transfers and that kind of thing it has brought the wages down. Um, but there's plenty of teams in that position that have been in the the league two, three, four years that are, are spending a hell of a lot of money um, just to keep afloat. So. Um, I'd imagine that they'll drop that down um, and there'll be another team replace them in that position. Um, we've been there, got through it. I'd, I'd severely hope that they don't, but we shall see. Um, let's get on to the preview um, before, we, before we wrap this up. Um, not the preview, what am I talking about? The uh, predictions. Um, and let's see what you two think of the, what the score will be first before we get to the Twitter poll. Um, Albert, what's your thoughts? Oh God! Uh, oh, I know I haven't sounded too upbeat on the whole thing, um, you know, but it is Friday night at the time of recording, and I have quite had a long week. I, I sound like I you want to slit your wrists, are... in fairness, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> I've had a large glass of wine, so I'm feeling fine. We're going to win. We're going to nick it two-one. Okay, he's scoring. Lewis, don't go and go. Um. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I no. Yeah, I think I was going to pull down Lewis Dunk's pants, which you know, a bit of a role reversal. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I I think this is when I was really going to. Do you know what Jordan I is going to get both? He's going to really, really talking about putting yourself in palace, let you know, folklore legend status. I think Jordan I might literally carve his name into the granite stone on Monday night. Prove that he is in fact the greatest of all time. Heskiff? Um, well, I've had an equally not great week and as with 99% of these preview shows, I have wound myself up and I think we're going to lose 2-1. Great. Uh, who's going? Who's scoring? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't need... Who's scoring? Um... Who's scoring? James MacArthur. Okay, well that is yeah. that would ruin. Um, Go on, Mike. Definitely ruin the week for me more than the election result. Um, before I tell you mine, let's. Um, so I, I put out a Twitter poll earlier. Um, so recording for the preview pod later. What's your result prediction for Monday night against Brighton? A win. <clears throat> Solly march to three points. Let's see what I did there. This one I'm quite proud. I'm very proud of. Good. One point will Esquired do. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the best one I've come up with. And then this one's less good. Pascal gross defeat. Um, Go on. And 
Terence, don't bother coming back, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gonna, he's going to have to go pretty far to beat the Eskil Ed Dean. But um, fifty-six percent <laughs> of people went for three points. Seventeen um, percent of people went for draw. Twenty-seven percent of people, so one in four of you people, have gone for a defeat. Um, I mean, I've still got last season in my mind, and I, I can't get rid of it. I think I think if last season hadn't happened, and the position we're in, you know, twenty-two points. 10 points better off than we were at this point last season. I'd have been very happy for the win. Um, I think it's going to be a gritty draw. Uh, maybe a reminder of that 0-0 draw we had at, um, at their place um, a couple of years ago where nothing happened at all. I think it's going to be another really dull draw like the Watford game was. So I'm going to go 0-0 um, so I don't have to name who a scorer was and I get out of things that way. Um, either way, um, it sounds like mine or Heskiff's nights are going to be pretty depressing. If it's like Albert's, then I will be enjoying my Palace Ale a lot more. Um, any any other thoughts on it? Monday night football, is that the kind of thing you two are excited about or are you a bit annoyed that we haven't got a game over the weekend? I just fucking hate Lewis Dunk. Yeah, I, that's, I my, that's my only thought. I hate him. The, uh, the chance on Monday night, definitely, that should... I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed because I could have gone when it was originally at the weekend. Now it's on Monday night. The best chance I've got is getting home to watch it on the telly. So, however, might that be a blessing in disguise? We will have to wait and see. I was certainly, I should have watched the Watford game from the comfort of my own home. Um, So if it's as bad as that, then yes, you'll probably be lucky to have missed it. Um, Okay, well, thank you for that, gentlemen. Uh, Just a couple of uh, last comments. Um, If you haven't subscribed to the pod, please do. Um, If you haven't left us a review, please do, because that's a great way of other people listening to it. Um, That means more to us than donating money, that kind of thing. If you want to leave a voicemail clip, you know what to do. You've heard the advert. Uh, Mikey will be peppering the, uh, the episode with those, I'm sure. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, Back of the Nest on Twitter, Back of the Nest CPFC on Instagram. Um, we will try our best to get the Facebook uh, page going again. Chewy's doing a, a great job of doing that. Um, so please get involved. It makes us feel better. Um, we will be asking for people's reactions after the game. Um, if they're bad, I'm sure you're going to have some very vitriolic stuff to say. Uh, the Love Sport pod's already up um, from Tuesday night, so you can hear DR venting, uh, talking about his last week of the uh, of the semester at university as well, I'm sure. And then the review pod will be back probably on Tuesday night, hosted by Hambo, because you don't need to hear another pod hosted by me. That's quite enough of that. Um, I believe Terence will be back next week, but you never know. Uh, he might still be sorting his life out. In the meantime, uh, thank you to my lovely panel of Albert and Heskiff and for Mikey for producing as ever. Um, thank you very much to you guys for listening as well. And let's all hope that we get three points against those scummers, Brighton. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.